Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armitstead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition for the past 14 years in New York City and Connecticut. In my office, Healing Arts, I help patients by detoxing the body from heavy metals, chemicals, and pathogens while supporting the body with the right nutrition. Everyone's program looks different and depends on the muscle testing results. But I will tell you, one common denominator for the rate at which someone heals depends on their level of stress. Or to put it more specifically, the level of which they put stress into their body. Stress changes the hormones wreaking havoc on the body so healing is slower, no matter what you are trying to heal from. So stress management is a big part of healing in our office. If I could put stress reduction in a pill, I know it would help so many people. Until then, we have to rely on giving the body the right nutrition and different lifestyle tools to use on a daily basis. So when I talk about stress levels in the body, some people know that they are stressed and they feel it in their body. Maybe it's stress headaches, maybe it's upset stomach, heart palpitations. Other people are unaware of the stress that they put in their body and their only symptom might be not sleeping well at times, feeling tired the next day. Part of learning to lower your stress level is to learn how to have a relationship with your body. Think about when you first wake up in the morning. What are your first thoughts as you roll out of bed? Do they have anything to do with how the body feels? I tend to get a yes to that question only if the person is in pain or afraid something is wrong with them. If you are feeling fine, you don't tend to think about the body and we just go on with our day. We can't be bothered by it. In our office, we try to change that awareness. We teach patients to become aware of their body and also the food that they eat, to make healthy choices, and also become aware of the chemicals and heavy metals that they are using in their daily life. This change in awareness is about taking your health into your own hands and making those daily choices to create health in the body. Everything you do either creates health in the body or stress. I will say it again. Every single thing you do either creates health or stress in the body. Nothing you do is neutral. It takes a dedication, a determination, and also self-love to confront the body and to take care of it. It takes courage to really look at ourselves, our body, and do something healthy for it. That's why a lot of people don't come to the office unless their body is screaming at them. The body screams in the form of a symptom. It's only with a headache, it's only with a stomach ache, weeks of insomnia, constipation that people actually make an appointment. That is the majority of people. That is how we're trained to actually go to the doctors when you're healthy doesn't cross people's minds. Many doctors are trained in disease. They don't know what to do if you're healthy, but I want to give you that paradigm shift. Preventative medicine, maintenance care is so important. If you don't have a symptom, it's okay to come into the office and get muscle tested to stay on top of your health. That should be our new goal as consumers. Our goal should keep the health that we have. Preventative health care is the best health care. At Healing Arts, when we bring people's awareness to their lifestyle and want to help them make changes that would improve their health, Part of that goal is to also help them build their intuition with their bodies. 
Listening to their body and what the body is trying to tell them is a new skill set for most people. When listening to the body, I don't want to deepen the mind-body connection. Instead, I want to get my patients out of their mind and into their body. The body is where your true power lies. Meditation has it correct. The goal in meditation is to always quiet the mind. And we do this by concentrating on the breath. This concentration on the breath gets us into the body. And it is there that we find our true center. The center that is beyond the mind, beyond our body. This center is where we are at with peace. It's where we find our peace no matter what is happening in our life. The center is our soft voice that is forever loving. This center is our spirit, our higher self, our love. Call it whatever you would like. Every religion has a different name for it. It is our center beyond anything in this physical world. The book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, talks about how the body loves your attention. It even states that the more consciousness you bring into the body, the stronger the immune system becomes. I find this to be true, but let me specify our body loves our positive attention, not just any attention. It loves to be loved, not judged, so watch your thoughts. You think loving thoughts towards your body and you believe the body has the power to heal itself, and it will. If you think negative thoughts and put them in your body, disease can occur. The book Feelings Buried Alive Never Die is great at explaining that concept. A clear example of getting into the body to help it heal is how exercise makes us mentally feel better. I often tell patients to exercise for better stress management. I used to think that exercise helped get the stress off of the body by changing the biochemistry of the brain, but now I realize that exercise reduces stress by getting people to stop thinking and instead putting their attention into the body. This change in attention from whatever is going on in the mind to the body allows feedback from the body to the brain so that exercise encourages the production of dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin in the brain. Exercise also produces endorphins, the feel-good chemical in the brain. In this way, exercise is nature's antidepressant and is really good for helping people with all sorts of things like ADHD, anxiety, depression, insomnia, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, blood sugar imbalances, hormone imbalances, etc. You name it and exercise can help because it gets you to pay attention to your body and the body responds by changing not only the brain chemistry, but chemistry overall. When looking at the chemistry of the body, you might have heard of the hormone cortisol being called the stress hormone. While it is true that cortisol has a primary influence on stress, it also supports a wide variety of other physiological roles. It is responsible for three major actions that keep us alive. It helps us raise blood sugar, increases blood pressure, and regulates inflammation. Stress. It's everywhere. The shoulder-tensing kind of stress that leaves you wired but tired and taunts you to reach for that pick-me-up of sugar or coffee in the afternoon. Then comes the guilt because you know you just made a poor choice for yourself. That's when we are stressed about our stress. And that doesn't help. 
So let's take a look at the hormone cortisol as it relates to the stress response to get a clearer understanding of the biochemistry of the body when we experience the fight or flight mode that is the scientific term for what we might so very eloquently call freaking out and explore how we can return the body to a state of balance and stability. In order to fully understand stress management and to discover a place of balance with our daily stress, it is important to understand cortisol's dynamic influence on our everyday function. At the most basic level, cortisol is a hormone, a chemical substance that acts as a messenger to direct the activity of certain cells or organs in the body. In this way, it is directly responsible for modulating digestion, circulation, sleep-wake patterns, physical activity, sexual response, behavior, and mood. So with this prestigious list of roles and responsibilities, why is it that experts suggest that cortisol imbalance is the most common form of hormone imbalance in the modern world? Let me explain. Cortisol is released by the cortex or outer layer of your adrenal glands. It is naturally secreted in an ebb and flow rhythm that repeats daily. Ideally, cortisol is highest in the morning to help us wake up in the morning and be productive, alert, and energetic. It then tapers throughout the day and evening, lowest at night when we are meant to be sleeping soundly, and at which point the soothing anti-inflammatory hormone melatonin takes over. In addition to this daily cycle that helps us wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night, cortisol is released as part of the natural human stress response. In threatening situations, a surge of cortisol primes the body to react swiftly and appropriately. This very primal system is called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, HPA access. Whenever a stressor is perceived, the hypothalamus, which is a gland in the brain, signals the pituitary, a different gland in the brain, that something is up. The pituitary then secretes a chemical to the adrenal glands called ACTH, or adrenocorticotropic hormone. When ACTH reaches the adrenal glands, the adrenals release a burst of cortisol and other hormones like adrenaline, preparing the body for fight-or-flight mode. This is where cortisol's three primary mechanisms really come in hand. The surge increases glucose to the muscles so that you can fight or run. Blood pressure is raised to ensure a plentiful supply of fresh oxygen to the brain so that one is able to think clearly. Simultaneously, other functions such as digestion, sexual arousal, and immune system reactions are temporarily suppressed enabling energy to flow more steadily towards the vital functions that keep us alive. When the threat subsides, the alarm in the hypothalamus is shut off and the body is restored to a state of harmony, recovering and awaiting the next alert. This method works great when there is an accident or medical emergency, yet unfortunately, the HPA access responds not only to these intense real stressors, but also to those that are anticipated or perceived, such as our worries and fears. Our body doesn't know the difference. The HPA system is helpless in differentiating between stressors in the mind 
like getting stuck in traffic or planning a dinner party, and actual physical threats, such as being in a burning building. Therefore, if we aren't careful, our daily life can have stressors everywhere and worry is rampant. So the HPA alarm is almost constantly stuck in that glowing red on position. Beep, beep, beep. The body keeps saying the alarm won't shut off and cortisol levels soar in an unruly, destructive manner at bizarre times throughout the day and night. And suddenly small tasks such as packing a lunch or responding to an email can morph into treacherous evil threats where we just feel like we can't handle our daily life. That is what true anxiety looks like. But the HPA alarm system had to be going off chronically for months to get to that point. Over time, the body simply can't compensate for this hormonal instability. And then we start to burn out. The adrenals simply cannot keep up with the burden of constantly being told to secrete cortisol and our systems slowly falter and shut down under such demands. This phenomenon is often called adrenal fatigue and is coupled with the experience of such troublesome conditions as sleep problems, heart disease, digestive issues, depression, memory impairment, excessive weight gain, anxiety, headaches, extreme fatigue, and worsening skin conditions. As much as we might try to pretend it doesn't exist, well, for denial is a great coping mechanism. Stress is an inherent part of life that we have to learn to live with before it burns us out. Many things are outside of our control. I think the pandemic that we are in is living proof of that. But how we react is what we do have control over. Stress will come and go, and we need to know that through adequate nourishment and care, we are able to put the body's biochemical systems back on track. Shifting the way that we relate to stress so that it does not shatter our everyday experience and stifle our creative expression. Building a nutrient-dense diet is essential to healing the adrenals, as is participating in healthy fitness that involves adequate amounts of rest and recovery. That's why practitioners at Healing Arts work with the biofeedback from your body to devise a detailed diet and lifestyle plan that works for you. Here are some of the things that we muscle test for to help support and rebuild the adrenal glands. The first one is to teach patients about deep breathing. Due to our desk sitting habits and stress-driven culture, many of us have actually altered the musculature of our natural position and have become rapid, shallow chest breathers. I say this because I'm a chiropractor and I see it all the time in my office. The breath habit compromises oxygen flow, weakens the abdominal muscles, causes adrenals to strain, compresses organs, creates low back pain, and stimulates the adrenals to pump out even more cortisol when they're already burned out. Learning how to breathe properly with the diaphragm can neutralize this effect and turn off the cortisol secretion. Breathe by first pushing out your stomach, filling the bottom of the lungs first, and then the chest. Don't pick up the chest first when breathing, because then you aren't using the diaphragm to breathe. 
The diaphragm is the only breathing muscle in the body. If you don't use it, then you're using your shoulder and trap muscles to pick up the rib cage, and that's why so many of us have knots and tension in our shoulders and neck. But if you breathe using the diaphragm, it allows the lungs to expand automatically. The diaphragm is a muscle that sits at the bottom of the rib cage, over the stomach, and when looking at the body, it's an upside-down U-shape that when inhaling, it flattens, enlarging the rib cage, allowing the lungs to expand. When the diaphragm moves like this, it applies pressure on the stomach, almost like a massage that's good for digestion. The deeper the breath, the more oxygen can come in per breath. The amount of oxygen that we inhale through our breathing influences the amount of energy that is released into our cells. On a molecular level, this progresses all sorts of chemical and physiological things, not just reducing stress. You want to do 10 deep breaths before even getting out of bed and at least 10 deep breaths while laying in bed right before sleep. You can also do deep breathing any time of the day. There's lots of different breathing exercises. I really enjoy Wim Hof's information on his website or YouTube videos as well. Besides deep breathing, earthing has been a really good effective way for supporting the body to stabilize. Studies have shown that earthing, also known as grounding, is one of the most effective ways to restore that natural hormonal rhythm during sleep, resynchronizing cortisol into its innate rhythm. Earthing is the practice of reconnecting with the Earth's healing energy by allowing bare skin to come into direct contact with the Earth's surface. This can be done by walking barefoot outside in the dirt or sand, swimming in lakes or in oceans, or there are specifically designed earthing products which get plugged into the wall and the ions that run through the earthing mat allow your body to relax. There's also visualization and imagery. Sometimes people refer to it as guided imagery. Visualization and imagery techniques involve the systematic practice of creating a detailed mental image of an attractive and peaceful setting or environment. It can be practiced in isolation or it can be paired with relaxation techniques such as muscle relaxation or breathing. When guided imagery is paired with physical relaxation, the aim is to associate the sensations of relaxation with the peaceful visual image so that future practice sessions involving imagery alone will quickly bring back to mind relaxation. Meditation is also a great stress reducer, but sometimes I tell patients to do visualizations instead of meditation when I know meditation can help, but the patient has trouble calming the mind. Instead of sitting in silence and trying to empty the mind when it's going a thousand miles a minute with all your stressful thoughts, instead do visualizations. You can go there by yourself with your own mind, but there's also great YouTube videos of somebody talking you through something. And sometimes that's nice because that really gets you out of your mind into what the person is saying. Besides visualizations and imagery, another thing that can help is the time of your meals and snacks. 
because when we go for long periods without food, our adrenal glands work hard to release more cortisol and adrenaline to maintain the body's normal blood sugar. Because when our blood sugar dips for extended periods, it creates a stress reaction taxing the adrenals, and we want to prevent that. It's important to know that our body always needs energy even when we're sleeping. Cortisol works to moderate blood sugar in between meals and at night, and so we can help regulate our cortisol levels by eating timely, healthy meals and snacks. See, cortisol levels begin to rise about 6 a.m., peaks off around 8 a.m., and then through the day naturally rises and falls as needed. And then it really goes low at night, allowing you to sleep. And it is lowest while we are sleeping. Timing our meals and how much we eat can help regulate cortisol and its natural cycle. Eating larger meals earlier in the day actually will help support cortisol levels and then eating smaller, lighter meals at the end of the day to maintain hormonal balance. Exercise will also increase cortisol levels, so try to enjoy lighter activities. And when we're actually trying to heal adrenal fatigue, it's important to keep activities light. And so to keep cortisol levels as smooth as possible, heavier exercise is recommended in the morning or early afternoon when cortisol is higher and doing lighter exercise such as walking or gentle stretching or restorative yoga in the evening. When trying to heal the adrenal glands, the old saying about breakfast being the most important meal is actually true. Eating a nutritious breakfast that includes protein within an hour of rising or by 8 a.m. will help balance your metabolism and cortisol throughout the entire day. I do like intermittent fasting, but if you're really trying to heal your adrenal glands, then breakfast is important. You then want to actually try to eat a healthy snack around 9 a.m. Try to eat lunch between 11 a.m. and noon, which I know is a lot earlier than most of us eat, but this helps prevent a large dip in cortisol levels. And then eat a healthy snack between 2 and 3 p.m. to help set off the natural cortisol dip that occurs around 3 to 4 p.m. Many people do notice this dip every day, that 2 to 4 p.m. slump, and reach for that caffeine or carbohydrate sugar-loaded snack, which we will feel an instant pick-me-up, but it actually impedes hormone balance. And then try to eat dinner early, 5 to 6 p.m., and make it lighter than usual. And then eventually your body will get used to and enjoy digesting less in the evening. And then a nutritious light snack around 9 p.m. This consistent eating light, smaller meals a day is really important to help the adrenal glands. We also want to help give patients the right nutrition through supplements to rebuild the adrenal glands and to calm down the nervous system. A few of my favorite supplements that we muscle test for to help people are fish oil. Extensive research actually has been shown that good quality fish oil like cod liver oil or tuna or krill oil rich in omega-3s can effectively lower cortisol levels caused by mental stress. And actually, when it's coupled with vitamin K2, provides foundational nutrients in helping the adrenal glands. I also love magnesium. 
Numerous studies have found that the frequent release of adrenaline and cortisol and unresolved stress responses decreases magnesium. And actually, the lack of magnesium can cause anxiety, sleep disturbances, and depression, so the cycle is just continuous. B vitamins is really important, particularly B5. It works to reduce the hypersecretion of cortisol. But instead of just giving B5 by itself, I do find that the B vitamins are most effective when taken together. Drenamin by Standard Process is a wonderful adrenal product that contains both magnesium and B vitamins, plus more to help support adrenal function and help maintain emotional balance and energy. Standard Process is a great company if you haven't heard of it. It makes only food supplements from an organic farm out in Wisconsin. Herbs that I use to support the adrenal glands, ashwagandha, Siberian ginseng, astragalus, schizandra, rhodiola, and licorice root. It's amazing to think that the adrenal glands have so much power over our functioning. When they are working properly, they offer balance, provide us with energy when we require it, and help us feel relaxed when it's time to rest. But when the burden is great on our adrenals, they can become impaired due to long-term stress. But we can make small choices that can dramatically impact their function for the better. With proper nutrition, exercise, relaxation, and sleep, our body's natural rhythms will be supported. By reducing stress levels, our adrenal glands will work in harmony with us, and our energy and vitality will be renewed. Besides healing the adrenal glands, the way to a healthier, happier life is by embracing the body, loving the body. Start having a positive relationship with your body by checking in with it and listening to it. If it's hungry, feed it healthy food. If it's full, step away from eating. If it is tired, go to bed at a decent hour. If you know your body doesn't do well with coffee, then skip it. There are so many choices we make a day to either help or hinder our body. Be compassionate with yourself and your body and know your only goal is to make better choices than yesterday and that we are here to help.